Hello, one and all, and welcome to the podcast we call The Fantastival with myself, Stephen Nussbaum. In the podcast, where I invite my friends to come on, talk to me all about their musical tastes, experiences, favourite acts, and more, and collate their fantasy festivals, which I have christened Fantastivals. We are now in episode number 45. I hope everyone listening is well. This has been recorded in March. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful day outside. We are almost coming to the end of lockdown. Hopefully shops should be opening tomorrow. So I hope everyone's excited um, about that. I've got to say a massive thank you to Tom Wakeman. He was my last guest on this podcast in episode 44. Someone who I didn't know too much about actually. I don't know him that well, but I found that podcast to be really insightful. And for me, you learn so much about people during this podcast. So a massive thank you to Tom. And I must say a massive thank you to my good friend Darren Houghton, who makes the theme tune. I've had lots of people ask me about the theme tune. It's just a a song that Darren made for the podcast. And Darren also edits um, this podcast to make it sound much better than what I make it sound. So a massive thank you to Mr. Houghton. So enough waffle from me. It's time to introduce the guest on this beautiful 45th episode of the Fantastical Podcast, and I'm delighted to welcome this wonderful man who I've known for about 15 years now, maybe even more. Uh, absolute legend, always makes me laugh. He was a vocalist back in the day of the legendary Violent Asylum. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Jamie Dodd. Hello. Mate, lovely to catch up with you. It's been it's been a while since we've caught up. Obviously, I'm used to seeing you every day. Every or, day. Yeah, yeah, most days. So I miss you, pal. It's lovely to have you on the podcast. Lovely to hear your voice. Like Thanks for inviting me. Mate, absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I'm sorry it's taken 45 episodes to get you on. <laughs> so I always check in with my guests. It's been a while since we've properly spoken, mate. So how have you been? How have the last couple of months been for you? They've been all right. Um, I've been bored. I've not been working. Uh, just mincing around, finding things to do. Kept busy with school run, school work, the homeschooling things been going on, which has been horrific. <laughs> I'm not a teacher, and I envy every single teacher out there. Even seeing some of the teachers on the calls, the kids actually doing their live lessons, I just bow down to a teacher because they're just incredible. Um, and I could never do it. I think I'd last about a minute before I run out of the classroom screaming. Um, but no, kudos to every teacher. Other than that, I've just been spending more time with them, which is nice. A couple of days work here and there. But other than that, not much at all. Trying to stay sane and relaxed. You look very relaxed as we both sit in our beautiful chairs as we're recording this via the beautiful... I do, yeah. I'm sitting here. It is a nice day. In the days of my rock and roll youth, I might have sat in the garden with a beer with some music on and I saw the sun. The first thing I thought was, I can peg some washing out. <laughs> That's how old I'm getting. Living the dream. Living the absolute <laughs> dream. Well, I'm glad to hear you're well. So I introduced you at the top of the pod, like gave you a brief description and I'm sure quite a few people listening will know you fairly well. But in case anyone is listening and doesn't know Jamie Dodd, tell us a bit more about the man and the myth and the legend that is Jamie Dodd. I'm not a legend just yet, I don't think. Um, I love music. I spend most of the day with music on, all sorts of music. I've, like you said, I was in a band. The band started in 2002, and we did pretty good. We played all the London shows. We was in the Terrorizer Battle of Bands. We was in. We was on the cover of mounted CDs for magazines. We played Liverpool, all around the lower part of the country. We were literally just five like-minded people who liked metal. We knew we wore our influences on our sleeve. Everyone knew what we liked. And our main thing was we wasn't career-driven by it. We wanted to play music, have a laugh, get drunk and go home. And that was it. We had some very memorable evenings. The band only lasted about five years because a few of them didn't get along very well. But I loved it. Still listen to the band now. We've got songs on Spotify. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel. We've, it's quite funny because... Over this lockdown, we've spoken to each other nearly every day on like a, a group chat and we send each other videos of, we've all got a bit older, we've, most of us got kids and we sit and talk about music still and we sit and I sit, one thing I've been doing during lockdown is to keep me busy, I've been playing with designing t-shirts, designing album covers, things like that, playing with art on Photoshop, things like that and I sit and do things like that and send them on and we have a laugh and I even think about getting like a band shirt made for myself things like that I guess it's reminiscing glory days isn't it but uh, I'm 
quite a chilled person. I like to relax, like to play PS5, love films. But yeah, my work, I, I, the one thing I enjoy about my work is getting to work and listen to music. I put music on all day in the background. I love suggestions and I'm really bad for pushing the music I like on other people. I pimp music out so much. My dream job would be a music pimp. <laughs> I get to just tell people what to listen to. You will like this, go and listen to it. You will like this, go and listen to it. I've gifted music to people before. I've had music accounts that I add people on just so I can send them music. I think it's brilliant. A lot of my friends are very much the same. We sit and talk about music for hours. Me and you could sit and talk for music for hours. We probably will do right now. You'll probably get sick of me and you'll cut me off. That's enough. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's me. Great stuff. Great. Right up there. There's rumours abound that episode 100 of the Fantastical Podcast will see bands who haven't played together in years play special shows, a mini fantasy festival in reality. So maybe Violent Asylum can put their differences you know to one side and we'll bring, the, we'll bring the band back. About five years ago, we all met up at one of them's garage. We had a little kit set up and some amps and that. And we met up about five years ago for an hour or so. And we uh, just jammed one of our songs over and over and then played it and I recorded it. And I won't lie, it nearly killed me. It did nearly kill me. But it was so much fun. And we're talking and I reckon something's going to happen. Oh, so keep, really do. keep your eyes open, yeah. everyone listening to this. Violent so Asylum. <laughs> <laughs> the Return of Violent version. Asylum. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So you've mentioned metal when you were talking about yourself. Is that your main point in music? Are you into any other genres of music? Metal is the main thing, I'd say. Heavy rock. Yeah, I like everything from the 60s up to yesterday. There's music I really don't like, but I'm pretty broad in I like everything. The only music I don't really like, I don't like reggae. Everyone about me, everyone knows me, knows that fact. I don't like reggae. Do you know what? You're, the, like... you're the, sorry to cut you off, Yaz said exactly the same two episodes ago. Like every type yeah. of music, but reggae. And she made a point of saying, yeah. but reggae. Yeah, I just don't like it. Just over and over, the same thing. Don't really like Scar. Don't like, I don't like radio-friendly music. I like music that's got balls. I've said that several times in the past. Music should have balls. It should make you want to get up and do stuff. If you're sitting there just listening to this namby-pamby, radio-friendly, lovely stuff, then that's not music. It really isn't. Yeah, I like it to full throttle. Great stuff. But yeah, rock, rock mainly, rock mainly, heavy rock. I can go from listening to bands from the 70s, the obvious ones, Sabbath, Zeppelin, um, The Who, to bands you would never have heard of, bands like Buffalo and Leafhound, who are just, just as good as all their massive bands, just weren't as popular. Buffalo have got an album called Volcanic Rock, and it's just incredible. Leafhound, Growers of Weed, I think it's called. It's an amazing album, just as good as Led Zeppelin. And it just it hammers, it's wicked. But then I'll sit and listen to Motown, if I listen to newer music, I like everything from... I like Lana Del Rey, Massive Attack, Wu-Tang Clan, all that sort of stuff. But then I'll sit and listen to <laughs> Morbid Angel <laughs> straight away after it. All sorts of different rock. Primus, Anthrax, the obvious ones, Metallica, Slayer. Then smaller bands, Power Trip. Just these are so many amazing bands out there that everyone should be listening to. There's bands like um, a band called Tosh who are just better than Foo Fighters. Red Fang, better than Foo Fighters. They should be on the radio. They should be having millions of people listening to them because they're just as good radio rock tunes buried on their albums full of just wicked, groovy music. It just makes me sad that these bands are not up there in the stratosphere to be listened to by millions of people. But they weren't in Nirvana, so... <laughs> <laughs> Great point. Lots of great bands already mentioned. I know some, I don't yeah. know others. I'm, I'm looking forward to this podcast. I think there's going to be lots of great bands and lots of stories mentioned. There's, you said you, you like being a music pimp, so I'll give you yeah. the opportunity now. What what are you listening to at the moment? Anything? It could be new, it can be old. What what are you currently listening to that, that you're going, wow, I, need, I want to pimp this out? Right. Um, a good band that I really like is a band called Soen at the moment. S-O-E-N, Soen. If you like bands like Deftones, bands like Tool, things like that. They're a really good band. They're very easy to listen to, but they're not easy listening, if that makes sense. Yeah. They're a great band. My favourite metal band, favourite metal album last year, a band called Orbit Culture. Um, they're a Swedish metal band, but they've retained some of that sort of 90s sound, gruff, really heavy, but a lot of good 80s sounding, clean city sounds, a lot like a young Hetfield on the choruses. So you'll get this 
awesome heavy song that bangs into a sweet chorus. So they're they're really good. Have you heard of Zeal and Ardor? Zeal and Ardor. They are something else. He's a, he's a young guy. I think he's from Sweden, Switzerland. And he, the band started because he was a music student and he uh, used to put out challenges. What two sorts of music should he mix? He used to do a mashup. And one suggestion was to mix black metal with old slave music, slave blues. And he's done it, nailed it. And it's just, they've had a couple of albums out and a couple of APs. And it's just incredible. It really is hard. Anyone, I challenge anyone to listen to that album, no matter what you like, and not pick out stuff you don't like on it. It's not full on like church burning black metal, but it's just got the blues. His voice is incredible. It's really good. And they're a good live group because like they've got like three guys singing and all styles all over from like the rattling chains over to singing about the devil and then singing about slavery. It's just amazing. The album is called Strange Fruit. Definitely worth checking out. Great stuff. Some great recommendations there. And I take it all this stuff is available via like streaming services if people can oh, yeah, buy everything. the album. Yeah, it, that's what I love about Spotify. There's not, I very rarely go looking for something and it's not on there. I mean, I'm an idiot in that I will find, if I'm into someone, I'll go looking for everything and from the smallest bands. And I've very rarely been left bemused by not finding it on Spotify or Amazon or something like that. <laughs> I subscribe to all these because I want more more all the time got to listen to everything what else are we listening to but there's a band called Power Trip who I saw live at the Camden Underworld which you obviously know is very small they're from Dallas I believe and seeing them there reignited my love for live music they were just incredible there was nothing showing they just come out taught everybody a new one and then left unfortunately the singer died last year so i'm really glad i got to see them but if you like metal on the lines of pantera texas metal give power trip a go they only had a couple of albums out um, nightmare logic was the album that we saw on the tour they were great um he also did a guest spot on the last body count album and i love body count they're a guilty pleasure for some people but i love them. that's ice metal band i don't know if you've heard of them They've been doing albums again now. They've done three albums recently after a long hiatus and their last album, listen to that nearly every day because they not only do their songs, they do a couple of covers in every album. And he's got into the habit now of re-recording the old Ice-T rap songs from the from the 80s and 90s, but redoing them in his metal band. And they're like old songs like Six in the Morning, um, 99 Problems, Colours, his big songs, he redoes them with body count. Like, he'll get Dave Lombardo from Slayer to play drums with him. So you've got Dave Lombardo playing a hip-hop beat. It's just mental. It really is. And it's, that's the sort of ideas I like people to do on their albums. It's really different. If they're going to do a cover, mix it up. Especially if you're covering your own band, he's going to want it to be different. But, yeah, new album by Body Count called Carnivore. Very good. And, yeah, and Sullen, Power Trip, yeah. All them sort of... If you see a recommendation on Spotify, just listen to it. You might find your new favourite band. Mm. That's how I found a lot of people. That little tab at the top that says the fans also listen to click on that you go through like them and you'll find everything there's so much on there especially with metal because you have to you know bands and metal bands really make it i think like slipknot did they had a thing going no real metal bands get big so there's so many out there to listen to and some of them are just incredible they haven't got to be brutal they have their own little thing that you just connect to so uh yeah i think people should be always looking for new music that's a good thing about my job. I sit in the office, I've got music on, I just leave it on. I just, and it's Spotify as well. When you, what you listen to finishes, keep playing and you'll find stuff. I've found bands before that I've got into massively just from, um, there's a band called Rivers of Nile who are just incredible. I, f- I found them. I love the album so much. I've listened to it. I think when Spotify did this uh, thing at the end of last year, like your top 100 listen to albums, I think that album was number one to 10 because I've just listened to that album over and over. And I found that by mistake on Spotify. So yeah, people should always keep listening. Don't don't stop it when your album's finished. Keep going. Great stuff. Wise words there from a wise man. <laughs> so <laughs> let me take you back then. You're slightly older than me, so I'm presuming this happens around the mid-80s, late-80s. Yep. Jamie Dodd, yeah. here's something that blows his young little mind, wants to go out and buy, buy his first single or his first record. Do you remember what you bought and where you bought it? Right. If we talk... I was born in 78, and my... Parents liked good music. My 
Old man liked Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Thin Lizzy. My mum liked David Bowie. Um, she liked Led Zeppelin. She liked to rock as well. But I used to sit and listen to the chart every weekend. Uh, you imagine the chart in the 80s was great. Mm. All them songs you still listen to now, they're in the chart back then. My favourite music in the early 80s was stuff like Prince, In Excess, stuff like that, Genesis, U2. And like you said, you obviously hear something and that's it. And it was Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses, Def Leppard. My mum's best friend was into Jimi Hendrix and stuff. And for my birthday, when it came out, she bought me Guns N' Roses cassette, Appetite for Destruction. And that was it. And it was just really naughty because of all the swearing. He's singing about titties and things like that. And it should not be played for like a young kid. But yeah, that started me off. And then you started getting this resurgence in the early 90s of the, the charts. You'd get Iron Maiden in the chart then, ACDC in the chart. I didn't really go for Bon Jovi. It was more like, I liked the more dangerous bands that you'd hear. Because ACDC was singing about drinking, rocking and girls. Iron Maiden was singing about bring your daughter to the slaughter. Yeah. Guns and Roses was singing about everything you shouldn't be listening to. <laughs> and you couldn't. And then I never liked, I never liked Nirvana. I've never liked the Beatles. I don't like the Beatles. I, I like music that's a bit more dangerous to listen to. I mean, my kids hear songs I'm listening to now, and wifey tells me to turn it off. It's not appropriate. Um, <laughs> even band shirts. My 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 boys like to wear one of my t-shirts. The bed from time to time. And my little my little boy Ewan, he um he said, "Can I wear one of your t-shirts?" I said, I'll say, yeah, go and help yourself. He says, I'll make sure I find one that's appropriate. Because <laughs> <laughs> it might have a gnarly picture on it or it might have a swear on the back, something like that. <laughs> I've never really um, been too aware of what I'm listening to because I'm so absorbed in it. And <laughs> there could be kids in my, my kids in the room and I've got to like, be careful and turn it off. But yeah, you, you listen to Guns N' Roses, you hear Sweet Child of Mine, you buy the album, and that's also got It's So Easy on it. Mm. Night Train, Mr. Brownstone, seen about drugs. And you think like, oh, that song's really nice, that Sweet Child of Mine. And that Paradise City is a good rock song, isn't it? And you buy the album and it's just like, everything else is filth, apart from the singles, <laughs> it's all filth. Even ACD, you listen to ACDC, that nice rock band, and they're singing about like, getting laid. Every so they're still singing about the same thing a hundred years later. They're talking about getting knickers and stuff like that. Yeah, but I've never liked the nicer side of it. I've always liked the sort of edgier side of it. So yeah, in the nineties it went on to more metal bands like that. And in the mid nineties, me and a few friends at school would get together and then it developed into White Zombie, Alice in Chains, Life of Agony, Slayer, all these awesome, amazing anthrax. I remember, for the, I remember to this day seeing the video for One by Metallica on MTV, and that was a big life changer as well, because it had all been quite nice up till then with your Guns N' Roses. Once I got into hearing how heavy it could be, I sort of like did a UE and just went with this insane music. And listening, if I listen to White Zombie now, I'm transported back mm. to 95, summer in 95, and listen to them bands then, Stabbing Westward, Life of Agony, uh, Tall, bands like that, that were just massive. Nine Inch Nails. I do feel like a child again when I'm listening to them. I don't feel like this crusty old man, which is what it should be like, I think. Really do. I started going to gigs when I was 17. So I started quite late. I always retained that love for older music and where it come from. Still listen to Prince. Still listen to In Excess. Love 80s music. Proper love 80s music. I can gladly sit and listen to Slayer one minute and the next time I'll put on Rocky Music mix it right up my mum wasn't too happy about the music I was listening to the posters that I put up she always tells this story about my brother in a friend's day over the house so I kept we had, a, we had bunk beds in this little house our bedroom was bunk beds he had the bottom bunk and I had the top bunk and I had all posters around the wall cut out from Kerrang and Metal Hammer and uh, there was a machine head poster on the wall of the band and they were pulling like Rage Faces or whatever and in the photo, in photoshops, their eyes were really white and the teeth were really white. And his poor mate stayed over and he kept on my bed for the night. And in the morning, he was just bereft. Mum was like, what's something he goes, but I couldn't sleep because of all these pictures on the wall, pictures of biohazard, these massive tattooed men, a guy standing there with a pit bull or this raged out photoshopped nightmare <laughs> picture of a band. <laughs> and he just couldn't sleep. So yeah, I've always loved yeah, I guess in that way you're pimping your music out as well, aren't you? I used to go to Camden and meet bands. I used to hang out 
Fuck, I went to a gig. I'd be there like nine hours before it opened and sit there like a mug in the vain hope that, vague hope that somebody would come out you'd meet them. I met loads of bands. I've met some cool people, really cool people. And even as I got older, we'd go to the bars after the gigs, hoping to sit and drink with them. And I have drunk with so many cool people, really have, and hung out with some wicked people. And uh, they're so down to earth, a lot of them. Uh, some, I've met some arseholes. Some of the people I've met have been arseholes. But some of them are just proper down to earth. And it makes the experience better. And you never forget it. I've still got a wooden spoon upstairs that's signed by Life of Agony because I met the band in the pub beforehand and we chatted for hours and they all signed. Because remember, you know, in some pubs you get a wooden spoon with a number written on it. That's the table number. That's what this pub had. So I pinched it and said, can you sign my spoon? <laughs> and... um during the gig, <laughs> the guitar said, this one's for Spoon Man, which was just great. I've sat up, I've sat with, um, in a bar with John Garcia from Caius and uh, chatted with him till like two in the morning. And he was so stoned, he couldn't see. He literally, his eyes were just, he was blinker to reality. He could not see. It was brilliant, which you expect <laughs> from a singer of Caius, didn't you really? But yeah, met Stuck Mojo, been drinking with them. Yeah, some really cool people. That's great to hear. Some great stuff. I'm definitely going to go back to what you've said about meeting people. We'll come back to that. But firstly, yep. this is all this podcast is all about you collating your fantasy festival. I imagine yep. by what you said about getting into gigs that you were pretty much into festivals back in the day. Were you a big festival goer? Were you were you a festival man? I was. I was definitely my first first festival was V97. I went with a friend from work. Obviously, it wasn't really my music taste. It was very his. And V97, it was just a Saturday and Sunday. We couldn't get a weekend ticket. So we bought two day tickets off a town outside. We literally went there with no tickets to try and get in. And it was like a, a proper throwback. Who played? First, the headline of the first night was Blur, who were good. They were great life. During the day, you had bands like Reef and Republica. Yeah. They played during the day. All bands like that, I couldn't remember the rest of them. The second day, there was a lot of sort of like different sort of bands. Apollo 440 played, but Sunday was headlined by The Prodigy. Yeah. And this was when Fat the Land come out. So I spat my bitch up as a single, the current single. They'd done Breathe and Firestar, and they were just incredible. I'd never seen nothing like it. The whole field was vibrating. And if you turned around, you just could see the horizon bouncing where everyone is just right into it. That was brilliant. And I also went to V98, but I was a bit too on the drink to remember most of it. But that's when I sort of had my first experience with a celebrity in a band. Because the only, this is that long ago that Stereophonics were the first band on the first yeah. day, right? Um, it's headlined, Saturday was headlined by... Was it The Verve? The Verve, yeah. Was shit. That was so I, boring. I went to that. I always remember that because it was... You look at that lineup now, and you, it's completely the wrong way. Because I remember the last four yeah. acts on the main stage was Iggy Pop, Green Day, who were yeah. doing a Nimrod phase. I think it was Nimrod. Yeah. Then it was the Seahorses. Then it was the Seahorses above yeah. Green Day, which you look back on yeah. now and you go, "That's absolutely insane." Then it was the Verve. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was at that one, mate. I was at that one. I remember that. So go on, stay off on one oh, first. I just being bored shitting at the Verve. I redid. <laughs> But I went there, I, that, 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 you just said it, my main call in that day was Iggy Pop, and I was at the front, and I, I fucking love that man. He is the epitome of balls in music. He really is. And he was playing, and they finished with Lust for Life, obviously, because Train Spot had just been out. Yeah. And uh, at the end of Lust for Life, he jumped in the crowd and landed on my face. <laughs> and I literally had his side boob on my cheek. And I was like, I'm standing here, and I'm pretty much spooning Niggy Pop. So that was that was a fine experience for me. The second day, I cruised around the tents in the second stage. I can't even remember who headlined the second day. I think it was the Blue Tones. It may, it may well have been. It may well have been at yeah. that point. But I was off on the other side of the park watching Fun Loving Criminals, who were just amazing. And as we as they finished, we were walking back to campsite and caught the last 20 minutes of Underworld, who were on the dance stage. So I saw Born Slippy live. Um, Faithless played that day. James Brown was there that day. Um, my first metal festival, I think, was Download. I think the first Download. I never got to go to Donington. I, mi I missed all that because I wasn't in a group of friends that like-minded and the music hadn't really kicked off that heavy for me yet, which I'm ashamed about because I, I could have gone, I could have got into it and seen some good stuff. But I think, I don't know what year it was. It would have been about 2000, I think. Mm. 
and I went to a good few of them, but they started to get a bit expensive and the bands wasn't really... When they started having Muse as a headliner, I don't not like Muse, quite like Muse. I don't want to see them at a metal festival headlining, but I saw some amazing bands. Opeth, System of a Down, Slipknot, see them all, Metallica, Maiden. I went to Reading a couple of times. I always thought that was a bit shit compared to all the others that were out there. My last festival ever was... I went to grass pop in belgium to me and a few i was lucky because a good friend of mine at the time worked for terrorizer and he always got passes to gigs and festivals that's daryl he's listening to hello daryl um he now works for classic rock he's a bit of a genius and um every year he'd take different people he took me and two others to this grass pop festival it's a vip camping all it's paid for was uh fly it was great and the headliners, this was three days, the headliners, the first night headliner was Judas Priest. The second night headliner was Kiss. The third night headliner was Iron Maiden. And also on the Sunday, you had Def Leppard and Whitesnake play as part of that tour they were doing. So that's the sort of festival that makes people, that's the sort of lineup people fall off their chair when they hear about it. Iced Earth played. They had loads of small bands up, smaller tents with Ministry at the gates, uh, throw down loads of awesome smaller bands. My dying brother saw them for the first time there. And this tick, this ticket, if you paid for it, it was about 60 quid for three days. Whereas Donington or Download is 200 plus. Mm. Bloodstocks, 200 quid. I went to the, one of the first original Bloodstocks years ago when it was indoors, um, when it was all like proper camp power metal as opposed to what it is now. Actually, I think my last festival experience was a one-day job at um, Sonosphere with Metallica, Alice in Chains, Mastodon. That was a good day. Limp Biscuit, unfortunately, they were there. That wasn't a special moment in time. But yeah, and believe it or not, the first band on were Feeder. Wow. Yeah, I know. I think the only thing that trumps the grass pop was I, I got to go to, in 1998, the OzFest that we had here the one time that ever happened, I think. Milton King's Bowl, and it was just a metal fan's dream come true because it was Black Sabbath headlining. Um, they'd just done the reunion. So it was Black Sabbath headlining. Before that, Ozzy did a solo set. So you had like Osmosis had just come out and some, they'd played all the hits. Before that was Foo Fighters, their first album. No one watched. <laughs> and while they were going on, there was Mexican waves around Milton King's Bowl and everyone was watching that. I felt quite sorry for them. Other than that, you had, like, the list of metal bands. You had Slayer, Pantera, Fear Factory, Pit Shifter, Intoned Therapy. It was just insane. The sort of, like, you'd never get that lineup again at a festival. It was amazing. Everyone, Life of Agony, everyone you loved, they were all there. And seeing Pantera there was just the nuts because it, it was the perfect start. They just walk out. Again, no intro music, no lights, nothing. They walked out. Everyone just went bonkers. Feel like someone just stood there looking at everyone with his bottom lip poking out like he was used to. Then Dimebag Daryl, God bless him, walked out, his foot on the monitor, and just started playing walk. And the place just erupted. The field was flapping from when they started playing that. And again, they just played their biggest songs. And as they finished, Slayer come on, on the next stage next to it. It was our like band on, band off, band on, band off. And then Slayer come on. So yeah, it was just a stupid day. Brilliant. Got home, just caked in mud. Caked. And just couldn't barely walk. Couldn't talk. Amazing. So I've seen some wicked bands at festivals. Metallica's one of the big ones. Maiden's one of the big ones. Kiss, obviously. You can't beat Kiss at a festival. It's just true. Because they've got like, they can do stuff they can't do indoors with fire. And fireworks. And just blood. And just everything. Gene Simmons flying above the stage. Paul Stanley coming out on the stage and trip wires and it's just insane. Um, Iron Maiden's a great one at festival because it's the greatest hit set. It's brilliant. And yeah, I've, I've seen some wicked bands at festivals. Mastodon are always a good band at festival. God, I could go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. You've listed some absolutely incredible bands there and incredible experience let me before we come on to your fantasy festival let me just talk about standard gigs in so you've seen lots of big bands at festivals what's yes what are the kind of best gigs that you've ever been to are there any gigs that stand out for you you obviously mentioned um a few already are there any more that you feel worth a mention my first gig was sepultura december 16th 1996 it's bricks academy they just released Roots, and they split up that night. So I'm lucky I got in and see them. It was a, 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 I can just picture seeing them now, sitting there just in awe. I went a bit mad after that. The next year I saw Machine Head at the Astoria. 
sort of corner of the Astoria, all them big bands sort of Deftones, the 90s just like, there was so much, mm. so spoiled for music in the 90s. A few years later on than that, my, my taste got a bit more varied. I saw, I've got so many little, small highlights, like I saw Napalm Death at a pub in Camden, which was just amazing. I saw Iron Maiden at Brixton Academy, which was wicked. Um, that was a benefit show. I think multiple sclerosis, because Clive Burr, the old drummer, had MS and he had his own fund, and um, that was for charity. So that was a really good night. And they played nearly the whole number of the Beast album, which was obviously brilliant. Loads of old songs from his era. I mentioned Power Trip. I saw him at the Underworld. That was, I'll never forget that. Slayer at the Astoria. Slayer, Slayer, Sepultura and System of Down at the Astoria. That was a good one. See Opeth at the Astoria too, the small one. Again, you wouldn't see that now. I've, I've been lucky to see a lot of bands that play super stadiums now. I've seen them at smaller venues. I saw Marilyn Manson at Brixton. I saw Tour at Brixton. I've seen Nine Inch Nows at Brixton. And the last time I saw Nine Inch Nows, they played the O2. So to see them at Brixton was just amazing. Loads of really good bands. If I sat here and thought about, thought about gigs, I could talk for about three days. I really could. So I've, I've been lucky to see some really good gigs and some really good bands. You'd be surprised by the bands that I haven't seen. I've never seen ACDC, never seen Soundgarden, never seen Faith No More. So a couple of them I could still see. Never saw Rage Against the Machine. Always missed out on them. But I've been very lucky in what I didn't see. I think I've more than made up for it. Mm. Well, hopefully, you never know. I mean, Soundgarden, obviously, you know, yeah, I know. won't happen. But AC, I mean, Brian Johnson's back ACDC, so maybe there's a chance there. Rage, maybe one day. That so. could happen could happen so mate you've, you've you've had some amazing experiences let me just yeah. take you back quickly you said you you had some great experience with people after and before gigs in terms of meeting artists and then you said some were assholes yeah. i think were your words what who who was an asshole? we <laughs> i've got my own stories and i've got a couple of stories from friends that's put me off of bands before we was going to a metal gig and we bumped into the singer from testament amazing thrash band the singer was there he said oh how you doing? Can we chat for a minute? He basically told us to fuck off because he was talking to a girl, which I can get with. Some bands just look at ya and just like, no, we're, we're busy, thanks. Metal band in flames, wankers, when we met them. But a friend of mine met Bruce Dickinson and uh, he was an arsehole to him. Oh. Really, like, just like dismissive, which was a shame because this guy, friend that met him was just like an insane fan like insane fan um, and was just very calm when he met him and just said I'm a massive fan and Bruce Dickinson went that's nice and walked off oh, <laughs> no man. like nothing just, that's nice and walked off yeah so uh, that's unfortunate but I guess his bands spend have spent some of them spent 50 years meeting people stopped in the street and all that so I guess if you get a bit old and cranky I might be the same <laughs> I get that I get that so let's Let's try and restore some faith in an artist. You said some were like brilliant. So you already mentioned a, f- a few acts who, you know, the Wooden Spoon, Life of Agony story is great. Anyone else who, who you met? Who... I met Life of Agony, 90s band called Stuck Mojo. They played the Underworld and the singer was at the bar all night, all night, which was wicked. Just chatting with him, photos with him. He had time for everyone. Pretty sure if he didn't have to do the gig, he'd stay there all night chatting. I met, I saw the Misfits at the Underworld. And it was obviously a mishmash of old members, but they had Des Kadena playing guitar, who was a guitarist in Black Flag. We met him after at the bar, just said hello. He was really cool. He was he was obviously a bit older and dumb for. Met the metal band Biohazard in Camden. They stopped, they signed everything for everyone. There's this big, big tattoo geezer who's just like hugging everyone, calling them all brother, signing stuff for them. Met Dog Eat Dog in Camden. They were playing there that night. I've really been disappointed by someone that I've met. I met the drummer from Slayer at that Testament gig. He was the drummer in Slayer in the 90s, Paul Bostaff. And uh, he was playing for Testament after he left Slayer. And he was at the bar in the Underworld. And I was chatting to him. And I think he gave me a drumstick to get rid of me because I just wouldn't leave him alone. I think I was a bit mashed. And I uh, was chewing his ear off about my favourite Slayer album and uh, <laughs> my favourite songs. And I think he was just like, sure, kid, take that. Fuck off, I'm going to have a drink. <laughs> Before I've got to play. So yeah, that was cool. Yeah, been lucky. Met some cool people. That's great. Great stuff. I'm glad I'm glad most people who you've met have exceeded your expectations. That's Yeah, yeah. That's what it's all and about. And obviously Iggy Pop Boob. I've met Iggy Pop Boob up close and personal. 
Iggy Pop. <laughs> yeah, he's been on the Fantastival before as one of Paul Hammond's uh, selections. So will he make another Fantastival? I guess we'll see. So like I said at the top of the pod, this is all about Jamie today coming on, get Clayton, his Fantasy Festival. So Jamie gets to choose any five acts of his choice. One must play one of their studio albums in full. And to end Jamie's Fantasy Festival, he gets to pick an encore, which can be any song that all five of his acts can play together at the end of his fantasy <laughs> festival so that's very simple five acts five time slots so in the last episode of the podcast i had tom wakeman on he collated his live forever fantastical he selected sherwood forest as the venue uh, and he had all his acts who were all new acts on the fantastical in his opening act he had culture and he selected culture to play their album when two sevens clash in his super second slot, he chose the psychedelic porn crumpets, who I've not listened to yet. I look forward to checking them out. They sounded awesome. <laughs> in his midway ma- madness slot, he had the pretty reckless. In his pre-headline slot, Tom picked Queens of the Stone Age. And in his headline slot, Tom picked his favourite band, Radiohead, who had never been picked before for a fantastic one. For his encore, he had all five of those acts playing Comfortably Numb which was genius. So, as with every podcast, I have got predictions for you, Jamie. I know you well enough that I haven't had to go to anyone to find out who I think <laughs> we picked. I've got five names written down. Go. I've got... A, I'll tell you after, mate. I'm not revealing mine until you reveal oh, okay. yours. Go on, so, I've got okay. mine. We'll see. I'm confident of at least, at least two. There's one name who keeps coming in my head who you haven't mentioned yet who I think you're going to pick. I'm going to be gutted if you do because... <laughs> he's not on my list so we will wait and see who you pick but before we start talking about your acting like I said your fantasy festival so before we talk acts you get to name your fantasy festival and you can pick a venue of anywhere in the world to hold it so first up what are you going to call your fantasy festival the highway to hell <laughs> very good very good so the highway to hell fantastical and Mr Dodd you can take us back to the Astoria you can take us back to Camden you can take us anywhere in the world you can take us to HV Romford you can take us to Mermaid House wherever you take us mate we will go so where is the highway to hell fantastical going to take place Stonehenge <laughs> I like it so why Stonehenge then I just think it's got a, an air of mystery about it and I think once you hear the lineup it'll just add to the whole aura of magical history of this country Awesome, awesome. So, <laughs> before we talk about your five acts and your fantasy festival, I'm more than aware how difficult it is. You've already mentioned so many acts. Um, how <clears> difficult <throat> it is to take all of the acts who you've seen, who you love, and what them down into a fantasy festival of just five. So, before we talk about the five, are there any that you want to mention who haven't made your fantasy festival? It was difficult. There's obvious ones. Metallica. Oh, I've seen so many times, so many times, so I gave someone else a chance. Black Sabbath would have been amazing at Stonehenge, as you can imagine. Yeah. But again, I've picked someone who I would prefer to see headline this festival. You said about any band from any era, I'd like to see Kiss from the 70s, like when Alive come out. Imagine seeing that now. White Snake from the 80s, Van Halen from the 80s would be some cracking shows. Like I said, some of the bands I haven't seen, Faith No More, Soundgarden, I could put them on there, but haven't seen them, so I'm not going to risk it. There's bands like, I've nearly put Primus in there. I love Primus. Red Hot Chili Peppers from the 90s. I think that would be a great shout for a festival. But yeah, it was uh, really difficult. But I think what I've picked is pretty credible. I'm sure it is. Especially when it comes to this... Especially, Steve, when it comes to the song at the end. I oh. hope your jeans aren't too tight. <laughs> really like this. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, so mega bands haven't made it into your Fantastical. Metallica only been chosen once on a Fantastical. Black Sabbath, Kiss, White Snake. I feel like even though I didn't see White Snake in the eighties, I felt like when I did see him about ten yeah. years ago, it could have well been the eighties. Mm. Covered down his big open shirt, <laughs> massive cross hanging down. Massive yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah, great. Van Halen haven't been Oil, picked yet. Oiled up. <laughs> yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers haven't really been mentioned much on the podcast, surprisingly. Soundgarden have been I've mentioned a few times. I have seen them. I've seen them at Reading and they were done as fucked. Yeah, I This saw... was when Californication came out and they were just, they weren't singing about dicks and girls anymore, so it wasn't as much fun as it could have been, I think. Yeah, I think I saw them play V in 2001 yeah. it was a bit yeah they just a bit boring like he didn't even know where Anthony Key just didn't even know where he was like, like he said oh you know yeah. g- glad to be here like where am I 
And like the mm. irony was, he wasn't really even joking. He had no idea what the hell was going on, just knowing he was playing to a no. massive field. Um, yeah, there's so many, so many could. I mean, even if you wanted to be more diverse with it, I'd like to have had Wu Tang Clan, Beastie Boys, The Prodigy. They'd be great. But I am quite pleased with who I've picked. Right. So it's, I think it's about that time that we start delving into your fantasy festival. It's a highway to hell, sold out massively. Stonehenge is rammed. It's a beautiful day. It's two o'clock. It's time for the opening act. So, Mr. Dodd, who is opening your Highway to Hell Fantastical? My first band on 2pm would be the two, early 2000s era Anthrax with John Bush singing for them before they went back to the original singer because it was the perfect meeting of that band and that singer who just made it for me. They were so good. The albums were so good and live. It was a party. So good at what they do. Charlie Benanti, in my opinion, other than maybe Mike Portnoy and Cozy Powell, he's the best drummer in history. He's just phenomenal. And as a front man, John Bush is just wicked for getting the crowd going. Very different singer to their original singer, Belladonna. And he's just, he just captures the party mood of a metal gig. And the songs, it start with Among the Living and just go into it. And they play Court in a Mosh, NFL, all of them amazing songs. Keep it in the family. An hour isn't really enough for them, but there's no better way to just kick it off. I saw Motorhead at Wembley years ago, and uh, Amphrax were the first band on, and it was just what a night of death for a week after. So, yeah, that's why I picked Amphrax, memory of that gig, seeing them kickstart one night, and I think that would be a cracking start to it, especially if they finish with Bring the Noise. Get Chuck D out to sing it with them. His little guest spot be good. Yeah, so Amphrax was my first choice. Awesome, mate. It's your fantasy festival, so we can end on what any song they want in their set on. They can bring out whoever they want to bring out, mate. So yeah. we can do all of that. That sounds awesome. So Anthrax make their first appearance in a fantastical. They'll open your Highway to Hell festival. So they'll play, like you said, from 2 till 3 o'clock an hour. They'll get that crowd absolutely going mental at Stonehenge. So we'll break for half hour. Then it'll be time for your super second slot. That will be half three till half four. So who's going to take up your super second slot? Playing their entire first album would be Killing Joke. Now, I wouldn't want them from that era. I'd want them now, as they are now. Old men still going for it. With that lineup that played that first album, they've, still, they've got that lineup back and they'd play the whole first album. I am a, I'm not mentioning them yet, but they are in my top five bands. Killing Joke are just incredible. I've only seen them once at a festival and they just, they're still going. They're making their best albums now and they've made about 100 albums. They've gone through their 80s sounding music. They've done punk. They've done industrial metal. Now they just, if you ask me the sort of music was, I'll say they just go out and have it. They're just such good albums. They've done maybe five albums in the last 15 years. And they're just still churning them out and they're just amazing. There's not a duff song in any of them. But I've picked that first album because I'd love to hear this band now. They obviously play a few of them still. Love to hear them just churn out all them wicked songs like War Dance and The Weight, things like that. It's a great album, their first album, just called Killing Joke. But if anybody gets to listen to Killing Joke, they've got to listen to Absolute Descent, Hosanna's from the Basements of Hell and Pylon. They're just three amazing albums. And the album called Killing Joke from 2003, which Dave Grohl played drums on. The best stuff Dave Grohl's ever done wasn't Nirvana or Foo Fighters. It's when he's played drums on someone's album. He played obviously on Queens of Stone Age, but he played on Killing Joke's 2003 album. And it's just incredible. Anything they've done since 2000, not to take away from their earlier work, but they've just been going so strong since then. Great stuff. So Killing Joke make their first appearance at a fantastic. They'll play their first album, self-titled Killing Joke, in four in your super second slot. So like we said, they'll play from half three till half four. Then we'll take another half hour break and it's time for your midway madness slot. So who's going to follow Killing Joke at your fantasy festival? Now, I think this is an obvious one for me. You might well be on your list, but the next band on would be Danzig. So Danzig. It would be the Danzig from 1994 playing the best songs from their best albums, which the first four albums, that lineup. Danzig is my number one band ever, favourite band ever. Those first four albums are just my Desert Island Discs. They are just incredible, great songs. Obviously, his voice, he's got that Evil Elvis thing that he's known for. But just the songs and the sound, they're all Rick Rubin produced albums as well. So they sound great. And they're not necessarily metal albums. I wouldn't call them like that. They've got the blues metal thing going on. Great 90s metal in a league of their own. 
and I just love every song on all of those four albums. Lately, he's he's got a re- reputation for being a bit of a knobhead, and but he's very set in his ways. But he is still doing music. He's still playing gigs, and they're great. I saw him. At, um, it's quite funny. They played a few years ago, and they played the Roundhouse. I had a ticket. Um, I went with Jody from work. And on his Facebook the week before, he said, we're running a thing where the night before the Roundhouse gig, we're going to play the Garage in London, which is a tiny. Oh, wow. Tiny. That is, yeah, it's tiny. Tickets will be £6.66. <laughs> and uh, I got two tickets for it because I had tickets to the Roundhouse. I could get tickets for this. We went to the Garage the night before. And as good as the Roundhouse was, I think that gig at the Garage is up there, one of my best gigs ever. It was so good. And he just basically took requests. And they played through it. At the end of it, the big scary-looking fucker from the Misfits come out and they did a Misfits set at the end, which was just stupid. The wall was just sweating. <laughs> the wall was sweating. It was just insane. So, yeah, and they just played albums. They played, played songs from the first four albums. In their new album, out, it was dedicated to playing those first four lots of tunes, which were great. Those albums, yeah. I remember seeing one on MTV and just be like, Headbangers Ball, watching it and seeing their videos and just being like, what is this? And I went to a shop in Camden called Metalheads and bought my first Danzig album in 1994, and it was Danzig 4. And then I bought the rest of them and everything since, and just loved him since. him a few times. Every time he's come to the country, I've been to see him, and since I've been into him, it's just, he's just wicked. Love it. Do love them albums. So, yeah, he def- he's definitely number three. I'd love him to play all four albums in a row, play every song per gig. That'd be my dream gig, it's him doing them four albums with that lineup. <laughs> Never gonna happen because no one likes him anymore. But Ama- yeah, he's number three. That's amazing. So I remember that you at the beginning of this you said you like to pimp music, and I'm, I don't put this out yeah, as yeah. a as a visual podcast, but you might be able to see what I've got in my hand. <laughs> so Jamie Dodd, when I first met him, made me a mixtape of Danzig, and I'm lucky enough to be doing this by by my CD collection, which is in alphabetical order. <laughs> And I pulled out my Danzig mixtape from Jamie Dodd. Amazing. Se- 17 tracks. I think my highlights of it, I remember I remember hearing Can't Speak and thinking, what the yeah. hell, what is this? Like, what the f- what are you listening to? And you're going, this is Danzig, I'll make you a tape. And I think I heard Mother as well. And I was like, oh, I like yeah. this. And like, the next day, like, I had this in my hand. So thank you for my Danzig Every hangover it. film starts with a Danzig song. <laughs> every hangover film, the, the, the filmmaker must be a fan because every hangover film starts with a Danzig song. That's a great fact. That's a great fact. So Danzig make their fantastical debut. They get to play your midway madness slot. They'll get an hour. They'll play from five till six. So again, we'll break for half hour and we've got two acts left to come at the Highway to Hell Fantastical. The next act is your pre-headline act. They're going to play from half past six till eight o'clock. So they're going to get an hour and a half so Jamie who's going to be your pre-headline act Nine Inch Nails it's Nine Inch Nails I yeah. think this is their first Fantastical appearance that's you... amazing that is that's, that's out of this world I almost picked them yeah yeah so you've mentioned them before so I guess what era Nine Inch Nails are you going for and why Why are they your I... headline act you know what they're not the headline act because you'll wait and hear the headline act and you'll know they I don't know I couldn't really pick an era I'd, I'd settled on the 90s madness just to see the spectacle that was their show in the earlier 90s when they'd done pre-hate machine they'd brought broken out they joined in scope who gave them loads of money and they released um their biggest album obviously downward spiral and their shows were just something to be seen they used to smash up their equipment any footage of gigs you see of them in the 90s they're just smashing everything remember henry rollins was talking about his gigs experience before and he was on the Lollapalooza tour with donich nails and he said they were just assholes he said the end of every day all you'd see is roadies duct taping keyboards back together and trying to fix these guitars because they weren't in, they weren't giving new, new instruments they're playing the same instruments every night they're just repaired daily and anybody with that much to do during a gig with that just don't care what happens to it and them songs so you could have gone for early 90s you could have gone late night and they chilled out a little bit when the fragile come out but if you're going to see a show see them go off and like broken and downward spiral are just monumental works of albums obviously there'd be a lot of songs that if you pick that era there'd be a few songs you wouldn't get from later but there'd be enough to fill that hour and a half and make it great but I've been lucky to see them a few times and they've never done the same thing twice. I see them play Download once in an hour set and he must have had the right hump 
because they played no hits. People wanted to hear closer and her head like a hole. He'd come out and played five of his really slow, piano, depressing songs, and then he fucked off. So people were just like, <laughs> it's not very summery, is it? But no, he, it, it's, it's good. I appreciate that about him. And the fact that he's now winning Oscars, yeah. the soundtracks that he's doing and the music he makes is so good. He's just like an inspiration to anybody who wants to sit on a computer and make some tunes. And that TV show on Netflix, I mean, the Defiant ones, have you seen it about Dr. Dre? Jimmy Iovine, oh, yeah. the producer. Nine Inch Nails are quite a big part of that because Jimmy Iovine started in Escape Records and signed Nine Inch Nails as their first major label. Um, and he's now the CEO of Interscope Records. So he's come a long way. He's obviously done very well with that label. And yeah, I just think the man's an inspiration to a, a good, hard-working ethic in music. And still going, still doing it. And I'll, again, I'd go and see everything they do. Any, any gig, I'd, if I had to pick one gig a year and it was them, I'd pick them. So good life. Seen him at the O2, Brixton, festivals, loads of places. Always amazing. The O2 show was just astounding. The show and the sound and the set list and everything. They're always good. Great stuff. They've, they've been spoken about before quite a bit on the Fantastical, but yeah, never made a lineup until now. So Nine Inch Nails finally get their way onto a Fantastical lineup. They are your pre-headline act. They'll play for an hour and a half. They'll play from half six till eight o'clock so one more half hour break that takes us to half past eight time for your headline act they're gonna have two and a half hours to play from half eight to eleven so mr dodd who is headlining the highway to hell fantastical judas motherfucking priest <laughs> and believe me they've got a two and a half hour set but they will go over because i'll be giving them a set list <laughs> 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 so why Judas Priest? And you've, you've obviously mentioned bands like Maiden and Kiss who are capable headliners. So why why Judas Priest? And so why Priest, your, your headline act? I picked Judas Priest because I think of all these bands that are still playing, as much as Iron Maiden do, Priest have still got the energy and they've just got such an amazing, amazing back catalogue. And it was a stiff choice between them, Maiden, Kiss and Black Sabbath. But I just... Wanted to go a bit against the norm. So I think if them four bands played together, Priest might well be the first band on out of those four. And just Rob Halford's voice. The songs, when I think about some of their songs, everything from like the, the, the crowd ones like Breaking the Law to uh, Songs of Sad Wings of Destiny, Victim of Changes is just one, one of my favourite songs ever um, from one of their first albums. They still play it and it's still just wicked. And... Yeah, I just think they're amazing. And I'd love to see them close the show at Stonehenge. And the fact they're they were like a working band from up north, I think to see them at Stonehenge at night in this wicked area would just be amazing. Yeah, definitely Judas Priest. I love them. I love them. And they're still making albums. They've had a couple of art changes for whatever reason. People being ill, people being old. But I think they'll go until they physically can't go anymore. And uh, yeah, I think aside from you couldn't pick Spinal Tap to play uh, Stonehenge now. So uh, I go for the next best thing who uh, Spinal Tap was sort of based on Judas Priest a little bit with their experience with drummers and drum kits and all that sort of thing. So I've just gone with the real thing for Stonehenge. Massive drum kit, massive stage set with the bikes, with the with the leather and the studs and just the, the, the a massive stage show. And the metal, my God, they're, they're just the perfect metal band. They really are. Great stuff. So Judas Priest make their fantastical debut. They are your headliners. They're headliners. How, How has no one picked Judas Priest? Mate, there's so many there's so many acts who you would presume, even like the acts on this podcast who you would presume would get picked all the time, like the Stones and the Beatles, they don't get picked. The the big the most selected yeah. bands on this podcast are is a tie at the moment between Queen and David Bowie. They're both tied. They've both, I mean, they've only been picked six times now out of 45. So it's not like the same yeah. bands are being picked over and over again. But, you know, the Beatles have been picked twice. Oasis have only been picked twice. There's some massive bands who, yeah. you know, Stones have been picked once. I think Pink Floyd only got picked a couple of episodes ago. I guess that's the beauty of this format. Everyone's so individual and no one's going to have the same five. And, you know, again, all your. You know, I didn't. You know who I didn't think of? Like Pink Floyd, Roger Waters. Yeah. Roger Waters doing the wall. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. No. You'd need like a whole evening for him to play. <laughs> Again, Floyd is a band who you think would get talked about all the time with a fantasy festival, but no, they've only they've only been picked once, like as it stands. Yeah. So Rolling that, Stones, that's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, Stones, yeah, barely picked. Not really spoken about really. 
I yeah. guess it's the bigger bands people don't think of, but people strive hard to think of all. No one will think of that. So the bigger bands that should get thought of don't get thought of. It's mad, isn't it? I think that's the beauty of this concept as well, that people will have the first five and that will be the bigger bands. And as you think about it more, you start jigging around with it and you take the bigger bands off and in bands who mean something to you personal like more personal meaning you know i didn't think of i didn't think of deep purple love deep purple like a lot they'd be an amazing festival headline wouldn't they every time i hear every time i hear deep purple in that office and i hear them a little bit i always look across and see see you looking back at me smiling (laughs) 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 so jesus priest play for two and a half hours so they'll play to 11 and like i said at the start you get to close your fantasy festival by having all five of your acts on stage. So Anthrax will be back out, Killing Joke will be back out, Danzig, Nine Inch Nows will join Judas Priest for one last song that can be any song by anyone ever. They get to play it to close your fantasy festival. So what song are you going to have for your encore? I'm going to have, if you think about there being like maybe three drum kits up there. So you've got, Robin Fink from Nine Inch Nails. You've got Charlie Bonanti, just the drum god. Whoever Judith Priest have got that day. Um, you've got them guitarists. You've got Rob Halford, Danzig, John Bush singing. And I want to, I want this song to just basically be the first thing that knocks Stonehenge over. <laughs> and the song that I chose for them to play, and I hope you're ready for this, they would get together and the drums would start and they'd play Hot for Teacher by Van Halen. <laughs> Amazing. There you go. Amazing. So you spoke about teachers at the beginning, and you praised them. But what? What? Why else? Hot for teacher? Does it just suit the bands they were playing, or is it anything about just, that song? It, it, this, that's, I just love that song. It is a wicked. It's such an unlikely Van Halen song because it's so metal. That drum intro. The drums are just amazing as they come in, and I want to hear three great drums playing at the same time, and I want to hear that guitar from Judas Priest, but Glenn Tipton playing that guitar riff, and to hear Judas, uh, Judas Priest, like hearing Halford and Danzig singing it, hello, <laughs> it would just be amazing. It's an immense song singing about, <laughs> you know, it's about singing about banging a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I think of all the education that I miss, my homework was never quite like this. <laughs> I'm hot for teacher, got it bad, got it bad. Great Love song. it. Great track. One of my favourite songs ever, it's a great song. And Van Halen are just the nuts. They are. Great band. Again, Van Halen, another one who still await their fantastical debut. Never been picked. I nearly put them in there. I nearly put them in there. Loads missed out. The Ramones. Have they been in one of your lists before? The Ramones, I think, still await their fantastical debut. Yeah, Ramones still wait. But again, lots of people have spoken about the Ramones. But still, yeah, not not selected for a fantastic. So like I said to you, you could you could I could pick a seven day festival with twelve stages and just fill every stage all day every day. My God, this was tricky. Good. This was tricky. <laughs> so let me before we lock in your fantastical into the fantastical vault. So let me go through my predictions. In so I found it tough predicting for you. I only got one out of five. Annoyingly, I thought, yeah. I've already got more. I got Danzig. Yeah, which that's is obvious. Good. That was well. Maybe not. Well, I thought all of it. I thought I thought Kiss would make it. Yeah. But Kiss didn't. I thought Maiden would make it. They didn't. Maybe that was too obvious. The other two I had. I thought you might put in a kind of country singer at some point. Yeah. So I had Johnny Cash. I couldn't decide whether it was going to be Johnny Cash or Chris Christopherson. Could be either, couldn't it? Yeah, it could well be either. I love them both. Love them both a lot. I do like country music. I love the old singers. I love old rock and roll. Elvis, obviously, I. Huge fan of Elvis, big fan of Little Richard. Again, if you think about these people, they're just like bands that just went out and did what they want and just went for it. They had balls. They went against everything and did what they wanted. That's what I think music should be like. That's what these bands that I picked for the um, for the show, Anthrax were the underdog in Thrash. You had obviously Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Testament, all these bands. Anthrax were like the one band wearing Bermuda shorts and doing Beastie Boy covers things like that they just were so not typical for their time killing joke again killing joke i remember reading about when they first sort of come back the karanga walls and uh this is this is like the early 2000s so you, you imagine the bands that are getting awards and he was sitting at the back i think he was dressed like a priest with a hat on and he has black makeup around his eyes and uh every time a band goes up he's flicking wine around going cunts cunts 
So everyone just flicking wine at people. Again, that's just perfect analogy of killing joke. What I love about him. Um, <laughs> that is he does what he wants. Everyone slags him off, but he does what he wants. He, he owns all his own music, just does what he wants when he wants to. So it's, again, that attitude. And same with Nine Inch Now, Trent Reznor, he's his, his own entity. Without him, there's, you couldn't do Nine Inch Nails without Trent Reznor. Every album might just be, might as well just be called Trent Reznor Presents this album. So that's the sort of people that I admire in music. And I think Johnny Cash and Elvis, they're up there like that. Yeah, Johnny Cash will have to wait again. I mean, he's already been chosen for a fantastic, so he'll have to wait. So yeah. those were four. My my last prediction for you was Journey. I know. I do love Journey, don't I? You do love Journey. I do really, <laughs> I do really, really love Journey. I've pushed them on quite a few people. And if you don't like Journey, just don't come near me because I'm playing them all the time. They are my... They're not really guilty pleasure. I'm not guilty. They are just a pleasure. There's no... There's no... Them. Yeah. This... this podcast phrases there is no such thing as a guilty pleasure it's just a pleasure no I, you just you put them on right you listen to journey and you just every song you're singing uh, they've, they've got some of the greatest greatest songs ever written and i'm sure one of my wife will tell you one of her favorite memories of me was at her sister's wedding when the dj was just playing random songs and he, he played don't stop believing and i was in the garden at this venue, on a bench, standing on one of them pub bench tables, singing, running around this garden, singing along journey, like I was in fucking Footloose or something. <laughs> it was mad, and she's she's just devastated that she hasn't got it on video. I'm quite happy she hasn't got it on video, bearing in mind I was in a suit at the same time. But yeah, I just do love journey, just because they're hit makers, and they're like one of them bands that, uh, they're a good AOR band, like just they do an album and you can listen to the whole album. I'm not a fan of singles, I like albums. I have to sit and put an album on. And Journey are one of them bands, like Yes, like Deep Purple, you sit and listen to the whole album. See, Dio wasn't in there. Mm. If I pick Black Sabbath, I'd probably do the Dio era because it's different. Because the few albums that Dio made with them are just incredible. And his voice, you could do a Dio thing and just have Rainbow, yeah. Black Sabbath. Yeah, and he's his solo band. They're all good. Never saw Dio, unfortunately. Getting to the Umgit stage now, where a lot of people, the bands I'm into, have got members dying now. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. A metal band entombed, the singer died just today. Yeah, um, I saw, they were, they're yeah. amazing. Yeah, they are an amazing band. They are. I saw them at the garage. I've seen them support. I've seen them back 15 times. And they were always just the energy and the balls and the sound. And like a heavier motorhead so good and yeah it's getting to that point now one of the guitarists from slayer has died it's just sad seeing these people go that i've loved for years and years hearing about them dying now it's a shame one of the guys from killing jokes died recently so uh yeah maybe that's because the bands i'm into are getting quite old now and we're going to get to a point with like the ozzy osbournes and mm. the rob halfords and it's going to be a sad time i'm not looking forward to it at all so i'm getting it in what i can great stuff great stuff so only one out of five for me so close but no cigar i think we've pretty much talked about every other band who i had on judas priest yeah. were like on my kind of sub list for you when we have in my first five and like i said i had chris christopherson written down as well so let's lock in in your fantastic so you can still change anything that you want to change while it hasn't been locked in so we... the second day <laughs> <laughs> the follow-up so we've got a Highway to Hell Fantastical taking place at Stonehenge. Opening for you, you'll have Anthrax from the early 2000s. In your super second stop, got Killing Joke. They're going to play their self-titled first album in full. In your Midway Madness slot, we've got Danzig from around the 1994 era. In your pre-headline act slot, Nine Inch Nails. And headlining your Fantastical, we've got Judas Priest. And for your encore, all five of your acts are going to play Hot for Teacher. Mr. Dog. You know what? If um, if I there was some tragic event and the plane carrying those five bands crashed and they couldn't play for whatever reason, the backup I think I'd have Deep Purple headline without a doubt. Because can you imagine like a stage at Stonehenge and they're playing Child in Time? How good that would be! It'd be Deep Purple, it'd be Kiss, it'd be Sabbath. Who do half of Aussie, half of Dio? <laughs> I'd have Body Count on there, and maybe someone. To mix it up, maybe someone like Meshuggah to really test the, test the people's <laughs> strength and endurance for the intro. I didn't want to <laughs> Genius. So the Highway Self Fantastical is locked 
in. And that concludes the 45th episode of the Fantastical Podcast. So if you've enjoyed this and it's the first time listening, subscribe to the pod. Give us a review on iTunes if that's how you listen. If not, give the pod a follow on Spotify or any of your providers. And don't forget to recommend this podcast to all your families and friends. We are also on social media. So if you're on Twitter, give us a follow at Fantastical as we would love to get more followers or if you want to give me an email give me an email at fantasticalpodcast at outlook.com unfortunately on podcasts you can't play music but I'll get some tracks from Jamie and I'll whack those into the episode description so if you're listening now go down to your episode description I'll get some tracks from Jamie we'll make an awesome Spotify playlist of everyone who we've mentioned on this and you'll be able I'm to... I'm a Spotify whore, mate. I've got about 100 playlists. <laughs> so we'll make a new one based on this. It'll be amazing. So check that out. And, you know, all these bands, all have got albums available. So go to store.hv.com. Go and buy and put some money back into those bands' pockets. So for Definitely. me... Definitely. Go and buy some records. Absolutely. Vinyl, CD, whatever whatever suits so a massive thank you from me to you jamie you've been an awesome guest your passions really come thank through thank you for having me I've, I've loved listening to you how do you find it i loved it i don't want to be the first guest to have a sequel i'll come back <laughs> give me more time to think i'll just i'll come back definitely i'd love to come back and do it again mate we'll definitely get you back at some point like i said number 100 there's bands who haven't played together in years so if violent asylum yeah. still haven't got their act together <laughs> Maybe they can be one of the acts for episode 100 where it will be a live <laughs> fantastic. So I'll be back soon in with episode number 46. So please make sure to join me. But until then, stay safe, my fantastical friends. Please continue to spread the word. And that word is fantastical. Thanks for listening.